Amen, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we've been talking about the characters of God lately. And it's such a great topic, one of my favorites. We've been talking about the loyalty of God. We've been talking about how God loves you dearly. God is a good God that he loves his children. Hallelujah. Today I'm going to talk about God is a promise keeper. How many of you in this place has experienced God's promises in your life? And I'm sure many of you have in so many different ways. Hallelujah. How many of you have children here? I'm sure there's many of you that have children. I have children. We all got children. A lot of us do. One thing about children is that they always want you to do something for them. They always want you to take them places, to buy them things, take them to the movies, get them candy, buy them new Jordans, especially my daughter. (laughs) But here's the thing with children that I've noticed, is that children, they will remind you time and time again about the promises that you have made to them. They will remind you a week later, they will remind you a month later, they will remind you six months later, and they will remind you a year later. I'm sure some of you parents have experienced that. See, children, they love to remind us of the promise that we have made to them. And so me, in my parenting, one of the things I've learned is this. Never make a promise to children that you cannot keep. Because, <laughs> honey, they're going to remind you over and over again. <laughs> Never make a promise that you can't keep. So instead, I use words like maybe. I'll see. Or I'll let you know. (laughs) Why do I do this? I do this because promises are very powerful. I do this because when you make a promise, it is basically showing your child or someone that you can trust me. That I am committed to carrying out the promise that I have promised you. Promises are so powerful. And God does not like to disappoint his children. You know, I remember speaking to someone recently and they were telling me about a particular family member and how this family member, as a child, they would make all these promises to them and they have not kept not one promise. And even as an adult, they still remember this. They remember all of the broken promises that that particular family member has made to them. And you can see that it still hurts them. You can see that they have no trust in that particular family member because that family member has never kept their commitment. And so even till this day, when that particular family member makes a promise, they're like, nah, bro, you know she's not going to keep that promise. But I'm here to tell you today that God is not like man. God keeps his promises to his children. God wants us to trust him. God forms a relationship with us so that we can trust him, knowing that he's going to keep his commitment to us. If God declares a thing, I can guarantee you that he's going to come through. Time and time and time again, God will not disappoint you. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And as we go through this message... I want to share with you two stories to encourage you as you leave today to prove to you how God is a promise keeper. 
See, there's an angel named Gabriel. We're going to be reading in, in Acts, by the way, today. Not Acts, I'm sorry, in Luke. <laughs> so this is an angel named Gabriel who visits this man named Zechariah. Now, angel, the angel Gabriel, he's sent by God himself to give Zechariah this promise. And he's basically telling Zechariah that your wife is going to be pregnant with a child and you are to call this child John. But see, here's the problem. His wife Elizabeth is barren. So clearly she can't have kids, right? And the Bible says that they're both at, are advanced in age. Meaning, listen, they're both old. They're both old. And so it made me wonder, well, God, how is this possible? It made Zachariah wonder, well, God, how is this possible? And during that time, the Jews, they considered childbearing, having children a blessing from God. It meant that you were favored by God. And if you were childless, it meant that you were not favored, that you were not blessed. But see, here's the thing that wasn't the case for Zachariah and Elizabeth. And here's why. Because the Bible also says that they were righteous before God. The Bible also says that they kept all the commandments and ordinances to God. So how could they not be blessed and how could they not be favored? I want you guys to read with me today because I don't want to just tell you this message and tell you this story. I want you to actually visualize it, sit in it and see it for yourself. I want you guys to turn with me in your Bibles to Luke 1.13. And when you're there, say there. <laughs> you're not there yet. That was too fast. <laughs> you guys are there? Uh, you guys are good. Luke 1.13 says, but the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you shall call him John. I want you guys to take note of this. His prayers were heard. And you will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord, their God. And he will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. And disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Here's the thing. Zechariah answers with a question. He says, how should I know this? For I am an old man and my wife is well advanced in years. See, how many times God has given us a personal promise for our lives and we begin to doubt God? We begin to ask God, well, how is this possible, God? We begin to say things like, God, I'm not good enough. Or, God, I'm not smart enough. 
or God, I don't have the right resources or God, I don't I don't have any mentors. God, like I, I can't do this. And we begin to doubt ourselves because we, we don't think that we are capable of achieving what God has placed inside of us. How many of us do this? It's OK to ask God questions, but when you asking in doubt, there's a problem, because remember, this is something that Zachariah actually prayed for. I remember when God first called me to ministry. One of the things that came in my head was, God, man, like I'm about to be 40 in like four years. OK, I'm in my 30s. Most people that starts that started ministry has started since a teenager or in their 20s. And, and God, here you are calling me to ministry. I had all these questions in my head. I would say things, well, like, like God, I, I'm not smart enough. Well, God, I don't know all the scriptures in the Bible. I, I, can't, I can't quote all the scriptures like my pastors do. God, I don't know all the stories in the Bible, Father. I, I can't do this. How many of us do this? A lot of us. But here's the thing. When God has called you to something, when God has appointed you, when God has anointed you, you better believe that you have what it takes. That's a requirement from God for you to believe that you have what it takes inside of you because God will equip you with everything that you need. God will be with your mouth. God will be with your heart. God will teach you what to say. And that's one of the things that God had to minister to me. I will teach you what to say, daughter. I will be with your heart, daughter. I will be with your mind, daughter. You think I don't get a little shaken up when I got to preach, man? Listen. I'll be at home like, Father, you called me in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Father, I believe that you are with me in the name of Jesus. Lord, I know that I can do it. Father, I know that you are inside of me. Father, I know that the Holy Spirit is operating in me. Father, I know that you have caught me to this and you won't leave me hanging in the name of Jesus. You've got to use your words and open up your mouth and say, Father, I know that you are walking with me in rooms I am scared to walk into in the name of Jesus. If he has called you, if he has placed a promise, a promise in you, he's going to pull it right out of you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is so good. He will not leave his children hanging. He will equip you with everything that you need. And if there's one thing that you leave with today, believe that God will never leave you nor forsake you. He will give you all that you need. He will be your strength when you are weak. Hallelujah. And so now here's Elizabeth, barren, and this promise is being given to her. This promise is being put into her. But if you look in the natural, and I'm sure Zachariah was looking in the natural because he was so full of doubt. He's thinking, how can this be possible? But here's the thing. God is wild, y'all. God is insane. He will do the craziest things to make sure that he always gets the glory. Amen. See, I believe that there was purpose in her barrenness. I believe that Elizabeth could not give birth until her appointed time. I believe that God was preserving her because he was going to do something great in her. 
See, a lot of the times we think because there looks like there's delay in our life that God has denied us. And let me tell you something, that is not true. Just because it looks like people are passing you by, you think that God has forgotten about you. But let me tell you today, that is not true. If you think that because people have better things than you and God has forgotten about you, let me tell you that is not true. God has not forgotten about you. He will bless you in your appointed time. Hallelujah. I believe that she could not give birth because it was not her appointed time. God is not a, a God that will forget about his children. Delay does not mean denial in your life. And I want you to believe that. Delay does not mean denial in your life. While you wait on the promise, wait well. While you're waiting for God to bless you with something good, with a husband, with a new house, with a new car, whatever it is that, that, that God has promised you, wait well. Wait in prayer. Wait in worship. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is so good. You can't, manip you can't manipulate the promise. See, Sarah tried to manip manipulate the promise. God had promised them children, but, but Sarah's like, bro, this ain't happening. I'm about to, I'm about to do what I got to do so that I can have children. Here she is giving Hagar to her husband. But here's the thing. I want you to see how good God is. Even though Sarah herself tried to manipulate the promise, God still came through on the promise. God still came through. You might mess up a little bit, but it doesn't mean that God is going to deny you of what he has for you. Hallelujah. And so here's Zechariah. He answers with all this doubt. And Gabriel, basically, he reassures him that, an, that he's an angel who stands in the presence of God. So the angel Gabriel is like, bro, God sent me to give you this promise. Why are you not believing? So he has, he's basically reassuring him, like, I stand in the presence of God. But here's the thing. But because you don't believe, I'm going to say it in my way, the words that is coming out of my mouth. <laughs> I am going to mute your mouth. God is going to mute you and you will not be able to speak until these things come to pass. So God muted his mouth. I kind of chuckled when I read that because I said, ah, God, I understand why you muted his mouth because life and death is in the power of the tongue. And I believe that God muted his mouth because Zachariah probably was not going to speak life to that promise. He probably was going to keep doubting and doubting and doubting until he saw Elizabeth's belly growing. You don't have to wait until you visually see it. Begin to thank God. Don't sit in doubt. Don't speak death to the promise that God has given you just because it hasn't come to pass yet. Are you speaking positivity or are you speaking negativity into your life? Are you speaking life or are you speaking death into your life? What are you speaking over the promise that God has given you? We have to be aware of our words. We have to be aware of how we are receiving the promises from God. We have to choose our words wisely. 
And so now here's Mary, the same angel Gabriel that came to Zechariah and told him about his wife Elizabeth is the same angel now that comes to this woman named Mary in the Bible. But here's the thing. She's a virgin. And the, the angel Gabriel is basically coming to her to let her know that she will be pregnant with a son and she's to call it Jesus. So once again, we're going to read this. I want you guys to read Luke 128 with me. And let me know when you are there. Man, you guys be getting here so fast. Everybody's like there. And it says, <laughs> And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Now, we're going to stop right there real quick because I want you guys to realize how the angel Gabriel comes to Mary and he tells her, blessed are you amongst women. So he's about to drop this bomb on her that, listen, you're about to be pregnant with this baby. God is about to put this promise on you. But first, I've got to speak identity into you. And it says, but when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I don't know a man? Mary asked the question the same way Zachariah did, but I believe it's with a different heart posture. And the angel answered to her, the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also, that holy one who is to be born will be called the son of God. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing is impossible. And so you see, first he speaks identity into her and then he boosts her faith. Letting her know that this was done once before. He boosts her faith so that she would believe that all things are possible because it says that um, Elizabeth was her relative. So I'm assuming she knows that Elizabeth was barren. But he boosts her faith by telling her that her relative Elizabeth is with child. See, God knows what he's doing. And he's going to do it in a way in your specific lives in, in your particular lives that you will have no choice but to believe. And then Mary says something which is amazing. She says, it says, then Mary said, behold the maidservant of the Lord. She was ready to serve God. 
Behold the maidservant of the Lord. She was ready to be God's servant. See, God prepped her. He spoke identity into her, boosted her faith, and here she is receiving the word from God. I questioned myself. I said, God, why y'all do Zachariah like that? How come, how come you ain't boost his faith? Why y'all do that to Zachariah for, man? But here's the thing. God gave me this revelation. Because Zachariah was already in prayer and asking God for God to fulfill his promise. So there should be an expectation that God, you are going to come through. That God, you are going to fulfill the promise. So there's this expectation where God is like, yo, I'm fulfilling the promise. I might have taken a little long, but I'm still going to fulfill the promise. Opposed to Mary, she never prayed to be pregnant. But here she is receiving well. Receiving a lot differently than Zachariah did. I want to ask you today, is your heart open, open to allowing God to do the miraculous in your life? Is your heart posture open? Are you saying, God, yes, I receive the promise that you have given me. Even if it looks a little crazy, even if people talk about you, even if people think you're crazy. See, because when God had called me and he formed a relationship with me and then he told me, Samantha, it's time for you to leave your job. People looked at me like I was nuts. People looked at me like I was crazy. People said things like, are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. Yes, I'm sure. And I've told this story before, but I'm going to share it again because one of the things God told me is that my story will be a blessing to others, that my story will be my ministry. I remember when I left my job. And I remember questioning God, like I'm driving y'all down the Belt Parkway and I'm like, yo, I don't know if I'm doing the right thing, bro. Like, you know, you, you know, when you're just like, God, I believe you. God, 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 I, I'm going to walk in step with you, Father. I'm going to walk in step with the promise, Lord God. I, I, I know that you're calling me to do this thing, but God. That last day that I left my job, I was driving down the Belt Parkway talking to God. And I kept saying to God, God, I trust you. God, I trust you. God, I trust you. And I remember I looked up in the sky. And there was a rainbow behind this cloud. And it didn't rain that day. It was nice and sunny outside. And I remember thinking to myself, whoa, am I seeing things? And I looked up again and the rainbow is behind this cloud. And it's just a small little rainbow. It's like a faint little rainbow. And I remember thinking to myself, okay, like I didn't really think anything of it. But then when I got to good old Rochdale, where I live, uh, <laughs> I parked my car. And I remember one of my coworkers, Sabina, she had texted me a picture of a cake, knowing that I love food, but still. She texted me a picture of this cake that she was eating. But see, it wasn't, just about Samantha, just look. she was like, Samantha, look at this cake that I'm eating. 
And lo and behold, it was a picture of a rainbow cake. And I remember that day when I got out my car, I wanted to just scream. It was an experience with God that I've never experienced before. It was God saying to me that, Samantha, I've got your back. Samantha, because you've trusted me, I've got your back. Samantha, I've put this promise in you and I'm going to walk you through it. Samantha, I've put this promise in you and I'm going to pull it out of you. Even if you do it afraid. If God has put a promise in you, I dare you to do it afraid. Even if you are afraid to speak in front of people. It took me a long time to get comfortable to speak in front of people. But you've got to do it even if you're afraid and and, and don't go along with your feelings and and begin to say things like, God, I know that you are with me. You are walking with me. God, I know that you would never leave me nor forsake me. Father, I thank you that I have the mind of Christ. Father, I thank you that you are with me everywhere I go. Thank you, Father, that you would give me the words that I need. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so here we have Mary receiving with a heart posture of trust with faith because she's reassured by the encouragement that she got from Gabriel, the angel who was sent by God. And now it gets good because Mary, she goes to the house of Zachariah and this is my version. (laughs) I said, honey, they about to go sip on some tea and talk about this angel. Oh, man. So Mary, she goes to the house of Zechariah. And the Bible says that as Elizabeth hears the greeting of Mary, guess what happens? The baby in her womb is filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit. And that was one of the promises that the angel Gabriel gave to Zechariah that the baby that will be in Elizabeth's womb, that he is to be called John and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit while he is in the womb. Promise fulfilled. If you are taking notes, I don't think I gave you guys my first point. I'm sorry. The first point was the God of promises. <laughs> my second point is the promise affects your bloodline and the people around you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. See, because of the encounter that Elizabeth has with Mary, the baby in her womb receives the Holy Spirit. Why? Because of who Mary was carrying because of the power that was within her of who she was carrying, the Messiah. She's carrying Jesus within her. And because of the encounter, Elizabeth and John that is in her womb gets filled with the Holy Spirit. See, the promise that God has put inside of you, Rebecca, hallelujah, it is not just for you, but it is for the people that is around you. It's one of the things God taught me when I began to do ministry is that Samantha ministry ain't about you. 
It's about the people that will be saved. It's about the people that will be delivered, even in your own family, even in your, at your job, even on the street. Ministry is not about you. The promise that God has put inside of you, it's not about you. But it's about God and what he wants to do through you. It's about God and what he wants to do for the people around you. Amen. Hallelujah. There's a promise that God has put inside of each and every one of you. There's a purpose that God has put inside of each and every one of you. There's a destiny that God has put inside of each and every one of you. If you, des if you desire to write a book, write that book. Because you're not writing it just for nothing. You're writing it because it's going to bless somebody. If there's ministry inside of you, minister. Because it's a group of people that God has called you to. That's going to be touched. That's going to be delivered. One of, one of my prayers for my family is that people in my family will be completely delivered by the hand of God. Is that people would see my character and see Jesus in me. That I would be an example of who Christ is. And that they would change their ways. See, my father, he's in the occult. My father, he's a mason. And so me and him, we talk back and forth about the Bible. He's, this guy thinks he knows everything. <laughs> but I pray that my character, that the love of God that is on me, that the anointing that is on me will change his mind about who God is. Amen. One of my prayers is that he would give his life fully over to Christ Jesus. So every time you feel like giving up, every time you feel like walking away from the promise, every time you feel like walking away from your purpose, think about the people that God has called you to. Hallelujah. God is a good God. God knows what he's doing. Amen. The promise, it affects everybody that's around you. Every single person even affects your kids. It affects your children and even the way that they think. See, sometimes my daughter, she doesn't, she doesn't want to, you know, hear about the Bible and stuff like that. I love you, Mia. <laughs> but listen. There's times where she needs something from God or she knows that it's God operating in her life. Or she, so she says, like, like, Mommy, can you do that thing that you do? And I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? You know that, that, that thing that you do? Can you, you know, that, that, that prophesy thing that you do? <laughs> Why? Because she's watching my character. She's watching what I do. She's watching how God operates in my life. So even if she wanted to stay home today, I told her she couldn't. Why? Because I need her to see what God has birthed in me. I need her to see what God is doing with me. I need her to see how God has changed my life. There's purpose inside each and every one of you. Don't you dare leave here today thinking that God has not forgotten about you because he has not God has not forgotten about you. Hallelujah. God is so good. 
God, you are amazing, Father. God, you are amazing, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Danielle, the Father said he has not forgotten about you and the, the personal promises that he has given to you. The Lord said he has not forgotten about you. The Lord loves you so dearly that he hears every secret prayer in your heart. The Lord said just because it's the things that you desire might be a little delayed, it doesn't mean that it's denied because something great is about to come into your life in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 God is so good. God is so good. I can't even move on. I'm like, God, I, I can feel the Lord's presence in this place. God is so good. Father, I worship you, Lord God. I thank you, God, for the promise that is over each and every individual's life. Father, in the name of Jesus, God. Hallelujah. I pray that every person in this place would blossom, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God. I pray that the promise that you have put into them, that you will pull it right out of them in the name of Jesus, Father. I pray that it would not remain barren in their life, Father. I declare that every promise that you have put into them, every purpose that you have put into them, in the name of Jesus, would not remain barren in their life, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God keeps his promises. Listen, Elizabeth was pregnant with John. And because of God's promise, because of the promise that God put inside of Elizabeth, John becomes John the Baptist who actually baptizes the Messiah, who actually baptizes Jesus. John prepares the way for the Messiah. From his womb, from the, from the womb of Elizabeth, his life was dedicated to God. His entire life was dedicated to God. And it started from the womb. My God. Because God keeps his promises. The promise that he placed inside of Mary the priesthood that once stood between the worshiper and God is no longer needed because we can come boldly to the throne of God. Because God keeps his promises, the law that once led us to the path of righteousness is no longer needed because we find righteousness in Christ Jesus. Because God keeps his promises, the blood sacrifices that were once done in the Old Testament are no longer needed. Why? Because Christ was the last and final sacrifice done just for us. Hallelujah. God is a promise keeper. He's a promise keeper. Hallelujah. He would not fail you. He would not fail you. I remember I had this dream. And in the dream, I had given birth to this baby. With like two pushes, the baby was out. But I remember the baby looked so lifeless. The baby had no life to it. And I remember in the dream, here I am calling for help, calling, looking over my shoulder and, and waiting for someone to come help me. God, somebody come help me. 
because this baby looks like it's dying. This baby has no life to it. And in the dream, I knew that I had to take that baby and put it over my shoulder and begin to rub that baby's back and begin to pat its back and begin to nurture the baby. And when I woke up from this dream, I knew what this dream meant. God was like, I put this promise in you. You're going to birth this promise, but I need you to do some work. I need you to nurture the very thing that I have given you. My third point is push. God puts a promise into us, but we've still got to push it out. We've still got to believe that God is going to equip us and that he is going to help us. See, see when, when a woman has a baby, the nurse is there, the doctor is there, right? They help her, right? They can hold her hand, they can, they can do all the right things, but the woman still got to push that baby out. She's still got to do the work. And so God is saying, I put ministry in you, or I've called you to write a book, or I've called you to entrepreneurship. I put a promise in you, but you still got to do the research. You still got to study. You still got to create the business. You still got to create the ministry. No matter what it may look like, you still got to do it. God is calling us to do the work. God is calling us to push through the pain, through the disappointment, through the heartaches, through the laziness. Because sometimes, child, I'll be so lazy. He calls us to prayer, to studying. As ministers, write your messages. God still call, God calls us to push that baby out. You know, there's many of you in here today who I believe that God has a special calling on your life. God gives each and every person in this room and in this world a special calling that is just for them. And I believe that God wants to pull it out of you today. God wants you to believe again today. If there's anything that you leave with today, remember that God is requiring you to push, to believe, and to know that he is God, the God of the impossible, that he will not fail you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. See, we, we sing these songs. We, we, we sing these songs and, oh, your, your promises are yes and amen, but are we really believing it in our hearts that your promises are yes and amen in our lives? See, it's one thing just to sing these gospel songs because it, it, it sounds good, but are we really believing it in our heart when we sing these songs? Are, are we really believing that, God, you're going to come through for me, that, God, it, it doesn't look the way that I want it to look, Father. God, God it, it's taking a little longer than I expected, but are you believing that his promises are yes and amen in your life? Or are you like Zachariah and you're doubting? Or are you like Zachariah and not speaking life to the very thing that God has given you? Amen. That dream that's inside of you, that dream that is inside of you, 
I dare you to believe in that dream again today. I dare those dry bones that's inside of you to come alive again in Jesus' name. I dare you to dream again. I dare you to live again. I dare you today to believe in God again. I dare you today to believe in the promise that God has placed inside of you again. I dare you to leave here today with boosted faith. I dare you to leave here today with encouragement. Amen. Hallelujah. The Lord wants you to leave with encouragement today, Stephanie. Hallelujah. The Lord is saying, change your words. Change your words. I want to pray with you. Come up for a second. If you're okay with that. Hallelujah. God wants us to change our words. And speak life. Speak life. Speak life. Hallelujah. The Lord wants you to change your words. You can turn this way. <laughs> no, towards me. <laughs> because life and death are in the power of the tongue. What you speak, you're speaking into existence. When you begin to say things like, I'm not good enough, or things are not working out for me. When you change your words and begin to speak over your life what God says about you, when you begin to change your words and begin to speak identity into your life and the promises of God into your life, you're going to see the miraculous happen in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord is not done with you. The Lord said it's just getting started. The Lord wants to have a closer relationship with you. And it doesn't have to be difficult. Sometimes, sometimes we think that having a relationship with God is hard and it's so easy. God is like, just pour your heart out to me. Just trust me. Just believe in me. No matter what it may look like, just, just spend some time with me in the middle of the night. Just praise me even if you don't feel like it. So that's how you show faith. When you begin to praise God, even if the thing that God promised you has not fully manifested in your life, God, I thank you. Every time I want to complain about my car, I say, Father, I thank you for a new car, Jesus. They laugh because they, they know. <laughs> Father, I thank you for that Jeep Wrangler all black <laughs> hallelujah God is just getting started with you if you would just believe in the name of Jesus just believe that he's a father that cares for you many people have disappointed you in your life but the Lord is not going to disappoint you hallelujah father I thank you God for Stephanie father in the name of Jesus Lord God